The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. So have you ever felt like you just outgrown your surroundings and your environment or workspace is actually limiting your growth? Like the desk, room, studio space that got you here, it just isn't working for you anymore. And maybe it's even working against you. Our workspace, it has a profound effect on us, on our work, even our well-being relationships and interactions. It impacts our ability to show up as our best selves and do our best work. Yet, we rarely ever genuinely get intentional about it. If your surroundings feel like they've started to limit your growth, you're actually not alone. A lot of people are feeling this, but not necessarily realizing where the feeling is coming from. So the question is, how do we recognize these moments? And more important, once we do, what can we do about it? That's what we're diving into in today's Spark Hot Take episode. And joining me to tease these things out is Spark Brain Trust regular, Jada Selner. So Jada is a multi-time founder and CEO of Jada Selner Media and the She Builds Collective, the co-creator of the Simple Green Smoothies social and business phenomenon, and a sought-after advisor to entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, and best-selling author, including her latest book, She Builds, The Anti-Hustle Guide, to grow your business and nourish your life. And as we dive deep, Jada shares how actually during the pandemic, she felt confined by her small home office, something that a lot of us have felt. And she longed for a bigger, quote, container to accommodate her next creative stage. And she shares the process that she used to figure out what this feeling was all about and then refine what she was looking for and then create a more expansive environment that feels better suited for her next season. And I also reflect on a similar urge to design the perfect or improved habitat for my own emergence after years of cocooning and confinement and what my team and I are creating to honor that desire. Like repotting a thriving plant into a bigger pot. That's, that's the analogy that Jada shares. We realized our work and needs had outgrown our current spaces, and to really flourish, we just needed a workspace intentionally designed for this next season of growth. And I have had so many conversations that let me know that we are not alone in this. So if you feel ready for change and that your space may be actually holding you back, join Jada and I for an inspiring reminder of what's actually possible this timely conversation will open your eyes to how you might reimagine your workspace and environment in ways that could really help you thrive. So excited to share this conversation with you. I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Spark. Hey, before we dive into today's show, you know, we've learned that a lot of our listeners are sort of at this moment where they're really exploring the notion of work in their lives and their next moves in their careers. And if you are in that place, we talk about the spark and the sparkotypes a lot on this show, this body of work that we've developed to help you really identify what makes you come alive and how to apply that to the world of work. 
We've heard from a lot of folks that they would also love some help along that journey. If you're curious, you can also find on our website a directory of certified Sparkotype advisors who know this body of work and can really help coach and guide you through it. So we'll drop a link to the show notes in that right now. And if it feels interesting to you and you just like somebody to help guide you through this next part of your career or work journey, take a look and see if somebody resonates. It might be the perfect fit to help you along this next leg of your journey. Again, that link is in the show notes now. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. and so. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. Jada Selner, it is always great to be hanging out with you. Esteemed member of the Spark Brain Trust, longtime dear friend and thought collaborator, strategy collaborator, life collaborator. And we are here for um, one of our, our Spark Hot Take episodes where we pick a topic that is relevant to all of us that a lot of times we're grappling with these days. Sometimes we might not even be aware of the fact that we're grappling with it, yet we are, and we go deep into it. And today's topic is kind of interesting because it may be one of those latter things where we kind of don't really realize that we're in the middle of this thing. And yet I think we're all feeling the effect of it and grappling with where do we go from here. And that is the notion of as we emerge from a chunk of years that were largely about contraction, sometimes profound contraction on the, the level of isolation, personally relationally and physically in our environment as we emerge from that and we sort of like shift gears into more of an expansive state what does that look like how do we take the reins of that how do we reimagine this space of expansion in our lives so take me into this a little bit like in in your thought process yeah well i was thinking of this analogy of plants. I've been becoming a little bit of a plant lady at home. I used to have a very green thumb. And I notice as my plants grow and the leaves are expanding that some of the plants actually need to be repotted so that they have a larger container to support the growth. 
and expansion versus keeping it small. And we were having a conversation about studio space, a physical studio space to hold our creative ideas, our projects, and being able to expand. So I'll share an example for me. Um, 2020, I got a book deal for She Builds, and I rented an office space because we were in quarantine, which means I was in a very tiny space with my husband, my daughter, and our fur baby, Beasley, our dog. And I knew I just needed to be out of the house to actually write the book. And so I had the office space, and it was my creative cocoon. I was very isolated, living my best you know, social introvert life with just the introvert side. And I really loved it. It had beautiful view, tree, you know, trees out the windows. It was very quiet. And then in 2022, I remember hosting a small group mastermind with a few of my clients and we were playing music. We were laughing. We were dancing. And my neighbor had complained <laughs> that we were making too much noise. And so I knew in that moment that this beautiful, cozy, creative cocoon, this office space was very just made and built for me. There wasn't enough room to collaborate and connect and, and make noise. And so I knew that I actually needed to expand my office space. And so recently, my husband and I got keys to a new space that we call Create and Flow, and it is more expansive. The, my office space is bigger. We have a space where we can gather up to 50 people to do events and workshops. My husband is leading his early childhood music classes in the space. And I just feel like we moved in to a bigger pot so that we can grow and expand our personal and professional initiatives. And it almost feels like we grew our living room in a way, because we live in, in a condo in you know the San Francisco Bay Area. And it feels like we have this extended space to play, to create, to reimagine, and just having this testing ground to experiment. So to me, that is kind of how I've been really creating this container to hold the expansion and growth and do things that I hadn't imagined I could do before. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I think our physical environment is one of those things that my sense is if you are somebody who's a solo practitioner or a creative or an artist or where you're actually, um, you're working a lot on your own and in your own space, you probably have paid more attention to that space and how it affects you. But, you know, for the vast majority of the world who's actually worked in some sort of office setting for most of their you know, like working lives where they said yes to the job without really considering the physical environment that both contains and supports us, you know, it was just sort of this thing that came along with whatever the actual quote work was, you know, or the culture was or the, the job itself was. And you didn't really factor that in to both saying yes or no to the initial opportunity. But then as you worked in that container that wasn't created by you, that you just stepped into and you grew as a human being and maybe your team grew and your ideas grew, we never really revisited either. So it's a type of thing where it's, it's this thing that affects us profoundly, both on a personal level. Can we flourish as an individual? And on a professional level, are we able to actually show up and do our best work? Our physical environment, that container that like that supports us, is so critical in all of those things. And yet it's one of the decisions that we generally make by default, not with intention. We just accept that it's something that goes along with this other thing that we're doing. And then the pandemic hits. 
and everything is blown up and everyone goes home. And then everyone realizes this is going to last for a while. We actually have to figure out how to work from our home space in some way, shape, or form. Not everybody. Of course, they are first responders or essential workers who are still out there doing their thing. Um, but a lot of people, I would say the majority of people, had this you know, like wildly disruptive experience. And for the first time in their adult lives, they started to think about the effect of their physical environment on their ability to flourish as human beings and also in the work context, show up and do their best work. And it's interesting to see how people are now making decisions around that and realizing that they just have to be a lot more intentional about that space. Yeah. And also self-aware because mm. I love this question that you're talking about is that people have gone to remote work but I, I have a client who has a PR agency and is bringing everyone back into the physical space of their office so that they can, can move faster. They want the efficiency, the collaboration, and the connection. But some people are resisting the transition back into that. They kind of like being able to be at a coffee shop or in their jammies, in a bed. And so I think that if your environment, especially a work environment, has shifted due to um, your boss shifting like, hey, we're, we're back and we're an office first uh, company, then you have to take stock and like, does that work for me? And if it doesn't, then that company might not be the right fit instead of resisting that transition back into office first company culture. Yeah. And that's coming up all over the place right now as a lot of companies are quote, calling folks back into the office. And, and part of my question is, you know, once people realize that they, you know, have been working at home and they, a lot of people actually invested time and energy and money in, in creating a space yeah. that is really there to support them. And they realize they really like that. They like that environment. They like the space that they've created. And I think in the beginning, it was actually really hard because they, a lot of folks didn't have the space or the separation. You've got kids running around. You've got yeah. everything happening. It's so hard to focus. And as as it went on longer, people realized, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to figure out a better way. And some people got offices or some people just reimagined their home space to um, really support that. And as companies call people back to the office... I wonder how many companies and leaders and organizations are asking the question, as part of this process, would it be intelligent for me to reimagine the physical space, the environment that we're inviting people back into to better understand what they've done to accommodate themselves and feel good and supported and nurturing in their home space? And are there elements of that that we can now integrate into this you know, office space that would help bridge the divide, um, help yeah, people yeah. come in. Because I, a lot of people talk about the fact that they love the fact that they've got their commute time back. And I get that. That is mm -hmm. absolutely legitimate. That's, that's, that's great. But a wonderful part of the issue is that's not being spoken about is really just the nature of the physical space that people created at home felt much better to them than the physical space that they were working in in an office environment. Uh, and they're realizing that for the first time is they don't want to go back to, you know, the cubicles and the drop ceilings and the fluorescent lights um, yeah. because it just doesn't feel good as a human being to them. I love that of, of being curious about with your team and asking them what would make this environment feel safe and productive and conducive for that creative output 
And I've seen people do kind of a hybrid flex model where it's they have maybe um, collaborative, you know, from like 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., two to three days a week where people are in office and kind of working at the same time. But there's something in being able to be in your own private space where there's less distraction. But then there's also those notifications and pings and things that can come up uh, within in that digital world too. So we really have to think about our environment from the digital pr- perspective as well as the physical. Yeah, no, 100%. I think it all blends together. But I, I don't want to lose the thread that we started with also. I think we sort of moved into like that, this experience of the hybrid work experience where people being invited or sometimes called or required to come back to the office at least for part of their work week. And and I think it's important part of the conversation. And also for a lot of folks who now are not going back to traditional workplaces and have actually left, you know, working for somebody else. So many people uh-huh. over the last three years started their own thing, whether that's, you know, a professional practice, consulting, coaching, um, focusing on art, design, whatever it may be. So many people are now in charge of their own workplace and work experience. They're solopreneurs, they're creators. And as you planted the seed in the beginning, as we emerge, I think a lot of those folks and a lot of those are, are the people listening to this conversation right now. Yet we're, you know, like there's this notion of questioning, is the space that got me through the last three years, the space that is best to carry me through the next three or five or whatever it may be. So you decided that no, it wasn't for you and that you needed to create this more expansive space. I'd love to actually know a little bit more about your process around this decision-making. Yeah. So um, I definitely, I'm a verbal processor. So I, I was working with my life coach and and feeling this stuck and stagnant energy and and feeling like I couldn't do more of what I wanted to do. So feeling that push pull, that resistance of there's something more I'm supposed to be doing. I'm trying to do it and I'm, and I'm hitting walls and resistance for that. And so then it was planting the seed literally (laughs) of that. I do need a bigger space. And so just keeping myself open to the opportunity coming up. And I I was starting to do research, starting to check out commercial spaces, wasn't quite finding the right one. And that is truly a part of my process where it's number one, I verbally process and kind of see where I'm feeling stuck. Then I, I identify what is it that I actually want and get clear and then start to go into the research phase of, okay, well, what is out there for me to get the thing that I want? And the, with the office space, it was very serendipitous in how we, we got into the space. And the only reason why it moved so quickly was because I was so clear what I wanted. So we've got to really unpack that of getting clear of what is it that you want so that when it shows up, you know, it's an immediate yes. And I think that's really part of starting to re-envision, reimagine. What is it that you want for the next three, five, 10 years so that we can start to ask that question that you said, is the current environment that I'm in going to serve me for where I'm moving towards next? Yeah. So walk me through, I'd I'd love if you're open to sharing a little bit of like what was on your checklist as like, these are the must haves. Yeah. So I knew that I, I wanted a workshop space where I could at least have 
10 people. That was my, my vision. Like if I can hold like 10 people in a collaborative space where we can gather in circle, we can mastermind. Um, that was really important to me having space to be able to record my podcast. And also my husband and I were, we were exploring. We weren't sure because we ran a, a brick and mortar business together in Kauai. And we were like, we should never be business partners. But we were definitely considering of if we got a bigger space, could we collaborate and use that space together, but still running our own separate businesses? So I was also looking for space where my husband could hold, you know, up to 30 people within the space to teach his music classes. So that was another, it was, it was an option. It wasn't necessary, but it was definitely one that I was looking at as I was tracking. And then also really great natural lighting and space where we could make a lot of noise. I play a lot of music. We dance a lot. We laugh a lot. And so I really wanted that space and also really having a bridge of the feminine and masculine energy of, of being able to have something that is structured that can hold us, but also has some feminine flow weaved in there too. So that's why we have a lot of plants. Um, we have a lot of um, custom art um, that we rotate in the space too. So really kind of creating the space for other collaborative and artists to come in into the space with us. Um, and then also good parking. <laughs> like, you know, if you're going to have event space to be able to have easy parking or walking distance to restaurants, that's something that's really important to us too. That makes it easy for those breakouts, for those lunches. Um, so those pieces were really, really important to us was having that natural lighting enough to hold, you know, a decent size group. And we have a space where we can hold up to 50, which is amazing. And also where I can have a private office space to be able to do my client coaching and podcast recordings too. Yeah. I love how clear you are. Um, down to really the energetic vibe of this space, um, the the light, which a lot of people don't think about, but it actually affects us in a really profound way. And also the ability to have big open spaces and sort of like tiny focused spaces. Um, yeah. And, and, and especially to really just really think through what are all the different potential use cases for this space? And like, would this accommodate, even if we had to do some shifting around to accommodate yes. them? Would it be, would it be able to actually like let us do all of those different things? Yeah. I love that you said that the multi-use because there's a kind of like a built-in refrigerator here because, um, one of the creators, uh, does floral designs and things are like, Oh wait, this is all insulated. We could possibly turn this into a podcast room. And so being able to get create it, it's that expansive thinking where you can see possibility that didn't exist before in that smaller space. And I'm curious for you, Jonathan, like, are you in a season of emerging from the cocoon into the expansion and growth? And what is that looking like for you? Yeah, we definitely are. And um, going back to your analogy from the beginning of the conversation around like plants, um, I love that because it, A, because oddly after having a an absolutely like disastrous thumb um, my whole life i now have a green thumb and we have plants all over the place <laughs> i have no idea how or why they're living but they are yes. and they're they're growing to a point where like i'm like why hasn't this we have like this beautiful plant and it's alive and it's green and it's thriving but it stopped growing it's the same size and it was just like the same size for 6 months i'm like this is so weird it was growing really quickly and then it just stopped and it's been the same size and i realized the same thing i'm like I wonder if, you know, like whatever it is, the roots, they're just, they need more to grow and it needs more space to grow. So we repotted it, put it in a bigger pot 
And all of a sudden the plant is growing bigger and it's mm. flourishing. So I love your analogy because I, I do also agree with you. I think that's that applies to us as human beings also. I think so often we outgrow so many aspects of our work and our life and our physical space and our environment is often one of those. It can, you know, we contain multitudes and it's those multitudes expand, you know, like we need space to accommodate that. So we, we've been in this really interesting dance, um, similar to you, you know, like we moved from, you know, in September, 2020, after 30 years in New York city, we moved to Boulder, Colorado. We spent the first 18 months um, in 18 different Airbnbs and verbos and like short-term rentals, um, which was amazing. And also as a highly creative person who also really likes routine, it was also a little bit disastrous. <laughs> um, thankfully, our home space has been like solid for the last year and a half. We love where we live. But when we were in New York City, as you were at, like we built our own studio space in New York City. I had my little cocoon that I would walk into and it was plush all around and and quiet and I would hit a button and turn on. And I love the, the, so the small intimacy of that space for recording. As we moved out here and I have just doing like creating makeshift spaces to record and it's it's been fine, but I've also been feeling the call to have um, more space to accommodate us, to build a visual set so that we can actually start to move back to recording video in on location, which we haven't done for quite a number of years, and have a dedicated recording space and also a space where um, we could work, we could have our desks, a space to create art. So, you know, one of my goals is that I was a visual artist as a kid, I was a painter. Um, and that has not been a part of my life for decades. And I've been really feeling the call to get back to it. So I've no, I've I've wanted a space where I could actually step back into that and create on a larger scale, you know, like with physical medium. And like you, uh, I also love a space where we can gather people. You know, whether it is a small group of people for a three-day strategic deep dive, or just a book event, or friends hanging out and co-creating. Like we started to really yearn for something for a bigger container out here that wasn't just home-based and. Similar to you, I started to make a list and, and along with Stephanie, like my wife and business partner, we're like, what what should this space contain? And along with a friend of ours, because we thought it'd be really fun to actually do this with other people. Yes. Um, we started looking for space and we were just, we got really clear and like we wanted high ceilings, open space, if we could, concrete floors, lots of light all around. Being in Colorado, there's there are parts of this town that are old commercial space that have been converted into artist studios. And there's a whole arts district that's like that here. So we were looking at a lot of those spaces, but it just didn't fit right in one day. Earlier this year, we wandered into this space that had 15 foot ceilings, windows on three sides, a massive commercial garage door that would just slide open to open space. You're looking at the mountains on the out of the other windows. It was just north of town, so it's not in a busy, it's in a much quieter area, so great for recording. Just tons of natural light. And we all walked in, and we were kind of like, wow, um, this is it. Uh -huh. <laughs> we, just, we, just, we just knew because yeah. we had gotten really clear on what we wanted to use the space for, all the different potential use cases, who we wanted to be in it, and what were the physical qualities of the space that would hold this this sort of like next expansive phase? So we went from over the last four years, being in New York City, loving our space, having you know our own studio built. It was small. We we had 
stopped recording video a number of years before and I was fine. As the industry changes and it moves back to video and we wanted to move back to video, we came out here, we you know, shut down our physical space in New York and was doing makeshift things. Like I was in closets, I was in basements, I was <laughs> under, literally under the covers with like, you know, like blankets over my head for sound purposes, anything that we had to do. And, and now we're, we're, as we emerge from the last three years, we're emerging into this other like window of expansion, also of creative expansion. Yeah. And in order to support that, you know, we felt like we really needed to build a physical space to really accommodate that expansion as well. And it's almost there right now, you know, super excited to be able to start to work there more often and to start to film there and to start to yeah. like put together some big canvases and do some really cool things. Yeah. So, but it's, it's been a process because there, there was so much disruption over the last three years uh-huh. that I didn't feel like I had the capacity to really think about my physical space and what I needed and what I wanted. It was just like, let's figure out what's going to let us get through like this window of time. Yeah. And now over, it's just this year where it's kind of like, okay, we are all emerging. What is this emergence going to allow us to say yes to? Um, and what do we want to create as we move into the next phase? And what is the physical space that will best accommodate like that sense of creative expansion? Mm, I love it. And I, I think... It really honors because I feel like before we couldn't think beyond three or six months. And so being able to stretch that timeline of what's possible and start to, to really connect to that creative within, I think is such a beautiful gift. And, and we need it to nourish our nervous systems and being in crisis and fight or flight. And just what is that safe, creative, inspiring environment that's going to hold you? What is the pot? that will hold you in this season of growth and expansion. Yeah, I, I love that prompt and just to plant that seed. And, and also I think, you know, acknowledging in this conversation that our physical space, our physical environment really does affect us in ways that we're often not aware of. It affects us just as human beings and our ability to flourish and feel the way we want to feel. It affects our relationships and it affects our ability to do the work we want to do at the level we want to do it. So just acknowledging the fact that our physical space really does make a difference. And, you know, we all have varying levels of control over that physical space. And I think that's part of the conversation that was in the middle of this, this, you know, like this conversation was the, as now workspaces are hybrid. Some people are being called back into the offices. Some people have the ability to create their own space. There's all these different variations. So if you're a leader in an, in an organization and you are saying, everyone, we've got to be back in the office at least part of the time. The invitation, I think, is to reimagine, like, or at least ask the question, is the physical space that people left the physical space that is now going to accommodate them coming back? And ask them, too, what changes might we explore together in order for you to feel the way you want to feel in this space? I think leaders aren't asking that enough. And maybe because they feel like it would require a level of investment and resources that they're not willing to allocate at the moment. But yeah. if it made the difference between people saying yes to coming back and really uh, enjoying and then being their best selves, it may be like well worth the investment or at least the conversation. And for those of us who do have the ability to really create our own space, asking the question that, that you just asked, you know, like, what do I need from that space right now? Um, yeah. And how, do, how would it accommodate me? 
Um, in your mind, as we wrap up, is there any sort of like big question or prompt around these ideas that you would want to leave people with? Yeah, I think it's really what we've been saying is, what do I need to support me, especially from an environment perspective, to support this next level of growth and expansion and really connecting to that, what do I want? What do I need? And then when we have the clarity, then the space and the opportunity can show up. Mm, Love it. Jada, as always, thank you for your insights. Um, Excited to one day soon visit your new space. And uh, hopefully we can have you in ours as well. And for everyone listening, um, yeah, really think about the moment that you're in, the next three years or so, what, what you would like to continue to emerge into and create, and how does the physical environment around you accommodate and support that? If it does, um, awesome, keep on keeping on. And if it doesn't, really imagine, like, what would help me feel the way that I want to feel in the space that I'm in? Thanks for listening. Always a joy and a pleasure and a privilege to share a conversation with you. And we'll see you here again next week on this podcast. Take care, everyone. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation, learned a little something about your own quest to come alive and work in life, and maybe feel a little bit less alone along this journey to find and do what sparks you. And if you'd love to share your own moment and question with us, we would love to hear from you. Just go ahead and click on the submissions link in the show notes to get the details on how to do that. And remember, if you're at a moment of exploration, looking to find and do or even create work that makes you come more fully alive, that brings more meaning and purpose and joy into your life, take the time to discover your own personal Sparkotype for free at Sparkotype.com. It'll open your eyes to a deeper understanding of yourself and open the door to possibility like never before. And hey, if you're finding value in these conversations, please just take an extra second right now to follow and rate Sparked in your favorite podcast app. This is so helpful in helping others find the show and growing our community so that we can all come alive and work in life together. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked.